Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 23. So friends, listen to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, and for this reason I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So President George Washington, in the year 1787, proclaimed that November 26 would be a national day of thanks. That would serve as a day of public thanksgiving, a public day of prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many and signal favors of Almighty God. Of course, they had a lot to be thankful for at the time, of course. They had just won a war of independence from Great Britain. But let me stop there for a moment, and let me say that I've done a lot of reflecting this past week on what an attitude of thanksgiving looks like this year. Perhaps more precisely, I've wrestled not just with what an attitude of thanksgiving looks like, but what the practice of thanksgiving looks like as well. And if I actually know what it means to be thankful, do you know what thanksgiving looks like in your own lives? What does thanksgiving or thankfulness look like in your life? I think we've gone a long time without stopping to ask ourselves, or I think we've gone a long time without asking ourselves if we are practicing genuine thankfulness, both in our, if you want to call it, secular and spiritual lives. But it seems like this year the brakes have been put on everything, 
And we've been given the opportunity to ask the question of what does practicing thankfulness look like? It's certainly a time for that self-reflection that we should take as we hope that as we come out the other side, our lives will be richer and fuller for it. As we think about things like thankfulness, the practice of thankfulness, it always seems like those meaningful things, whether it be an attitude or practice such as thankfulness, are at the highest risk for becoming the most mundane aspects of life. And what I mean by that is is this, is that I'd say most of us learned to say thank you as a child, or maybe later on. We learn to say thank you as something you say as a response after you receive something, whether it be a gift or a gesture, kind gesture. Because, of course, we want to express our gratitude. Not doing so would be considered a little rude. But if it becomes something that just is a habit, something we just do because we know it's something we're supposed to say, well, how intentional are we being then about thanksgiving, about thankfulness? What does it look like even then for thankfulness to be an intentional practice? We should consider how we can reclaim the act of thanksgiving so that we don't take the things in life we have for granted. And in this change, this mentality, this change of our mentality and practice, we might then reconnect with the source of all goodness, life, and love. Perhaps this pathway of reconnecting with thanksgiving with a holistic practice of thanksgiving begins with prayer. Maybe you don't think about prayer that often except in church on Sunday. Maybe it's something you say before a meal as you gather around the table. Perhaps prayer is a cornerstone in your spiritual lives. Prayer is one way, certainly, that we can explicitly express thanks to God and thanks to one another. Though you'd be surprised at how many of us feel uncomfortable praying, especially if asked to do so for a group of people. I knew of a church where the session would, after their meeting, Uh, for the following Sunday, offer what was called an elder's prayer. But everyone felt so uncomfortable doing the elder's prayer that the pastor was the one who actually wrote the prayer out and the elder would just read it. So was it really, I mean, the question is, is it really the elder's prayer? But you get the point I'm trying to make, is that prayer does at times feel uncomfortable, especially if it's not something that's a part of our daily lives which is, I don't know if shame is the right word, but it is a disappointment because I don't think there is a wrong way to pray. 
And if we don't practice prayer, we miss out on exercising that core spiritual muscle that provides a space for us to practice gratitude, practice thankfulness, practice having a conversation with God outside the context of Sunday worship. Paul prays for the Ephesians, as we hear today in our reading. He tells them, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. But of course, Paul has to one-up everyone, so Paul then lists all the ways in which he is praying for the Ephesians. In our prayers to God, what is it that we are praying for? Looking at my own prayer life, I know that I have often had to check myself that I'm not just asking for things, like it's a list of sorts. This is something we all struggle with, I think. But it shouldn't be that hard. We, well, we think it shouldn't be that hard to actually pray for other people, to offer thanks. But that temptation is always there, the temptation to focus on ourselves. So how would our prayer lives be different? How would our prayer lives and our attitudes be different if we focused more intentionally on including thanksgiving in our prayers? Prayer and spiritual devotion are one part of what it means, I think, for us to develop an all-encompassing attitude of thankfulness. Action is the second part of that equation. And we already know what is required of us as disciples of Christ. On this day, we pay particular attention, if you are a church liturgical nerd such as myself, that we pay attention to the theme of Christ as King. And it's fitting to reflect on how we might physically, spiritually, offer something back to God, who, as Paul says, put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things. Our response to make manifest the works of God in the world, to bring about truth, justice, love for one another, make our communities a more loving and just place, our response to make those things manifest should be driven by our attitude of gratefulness. It should be driven by thankfulness, not a sense of forced obligation. It's from our sincerity, then, that our practice of thanksgiving is made whole. That's why we offer our time, our skills, our physical resources to this community of faith. Sure, there are plenty of other amazing organizations out there that also deserve our time and our talents. But we set aside a portion of our energies, a portion of our possessions, as an offering to God, 
as a means of expressing our thanks and to carry on in the good works that take us beyond Sunday worship. Thanksgiving requires us to grow from inside and outside. That's why I think even though Thanksgiving will look different this year for many, it is still a day where we can pause, where we can take that slow breath in and let it out. We can stop and reflect and possibly then develop a greater sense of appreciation for the things that we are missing this year. As we grow in our understanding of, well, our understanding and practice of Thanksgiving, I come back to Washington's proclamation, where he urges us as well to unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and the ruler of the nations, and beseech God to pardon our national and other transgressions, to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties properly and punctually as we care for one another, serve one another. In our learning to be stewards, in our learning to practice thankfulness, we can do so as we also learn to become proclaimers of love and justice. And in our learning to be caretakers for one another, we live into the kind of thanksgiving that places Christ at the center of our hearts and lives. May we practice thanksgiving this year. May we actually take the time to practice thankfulness. So what are the things in your life that perhaps you have never offered thanks for? And how will you cultivate a practice of thanksgiving, a practice of thankfulness this year and next? So let's take a moment then to reflect on what it is we are thankful for so that it inspires us to practice a holistic attitude of gratitude. Don't know if I meant for that to rhyme. (laughs) To Christ who makes all things possible. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.